Oliver from Rugby League, in my opinion, here. Today, I'm sitting down with esteemed Rugby League journalist Tony Adams, otherwise known as The Mole. Tony, how are you? Good, how's things? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, today, I really just uh, wanted to speak to you sort of about your career because, you know, we always talk about players and the journey that they've gone through, obviously, and it's very publicised. Um, but a, a journalist of your stature uh, within the game, it's just interesting to know sort of how you got to where you are today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's been, been a long journey. Now, what do I call you, Oliver or something else? Oliver's fine. Mm-hmm. Oliver's fine. <laughs> um, so we'll just get straight into it. Um, starting out, where did the passion for journalism first come from? Uh, I think, to be honest, Oliver, it, it, it more was a passion for rugby league. As a kid, I was a, a fanatical uh, Roosters fan. I, I lived in the heart of Roosters territory. I'd uh, turn up at 12 o'clock at the old sports ground and watch all three games. And I, I still remember uh, after a good Roosters win, I would uh, be uh, walking home and I'd think to myself, I, I wonder what the newspapers are going to make of this tomorrow, you know, what's going to be in the papers tomorrow. Because back then, uh, I'm, I'm showing my age a bit, uh, there was only one or two games a week on TV, um, you know, the there was only one one or two on radio. So the, the print media was far more powerful then than it is now. And uh, I, I just developed a, a passion for reading about rugby league. And um, I guess from that, I, uh, I developed this uh, desire to, to write rugby league. And, uh, yeah, I think that's how it all started. Who was your favourite Roosters player growing up? Oh mate, there were there were so many because I was I was very lucky. I was a Roosters fan in in the days of uh, 1974-5 when they had probably you know the 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 best or one of the best ever, ever teams uh, the games ever seen. Uh, you know you 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 look at Russell Fairfax, John Brass, Mark Harris, Bill Mullins, Arthur Beetson, Ron Coote. You know the the list goes on. I, I don't think you'd fit that team under the. Uh, the salary cap these days, but uh, I, I guess Big Artie, he, he, he was a, a, a magical player. Uh, you know, he, when when he played well, the, the Roosters won. That's that's just how good a player he was. Uh, he was virtually unstoppable on his day and, uh, yeah, very special player. I believe that 74-75 Roosters side actually still holds the record for the most uh, games won in a row, don't they? 19 games. I think Penrith got close to it this year, uh, last year, obviously. But was that was it 19 in a row they won? They, it was something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, it was. It was 19 in a row. Then then they lost the major semi-final to St George. Uh, they came back and beat Manly in the uh, preliminary final which set up a rematch with St George. And, of course, they won that 38-0. So, uh, you know, that, that just shows w- what a good team they were. And, uh, you know, I, I can still remember. And uh, as a matter of fact, last night when I was a little bit bored, I uh, I watched the highlights of that 38-0 game, the, the famous uh, Graham Langland's white boots. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no longer a, a, a Roosters fan, really, but I... I just still love the game and still have have the passion and you know watching memories from forty odd years ago. It's uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, definitely. Well, you started out a passionate Rooster supporter who you know had an interest in the papers. 
when did you first start to, I guess, actively uh, take some steps to get into the journalism industry? Well, there was a, a, a local paper out my way called the Wentworth Courier, which uh, I, I think is now still available only online, and uh, that, that was a free paper, got delivered every week. And uh, they used to have an old guy who, who wrote about the roosters um, every week for years and years, and, of course, I used to read it. And one year, I think it was about 1979, so I would have been about 20, uh, I just noticed that um, the column stopped appearing and I, I rang him up and I um, I said to him, uh, hey, listen, I'm, I'm keen to, to write for you guys. I noticed the, the Roosters column isn't there anymore. Uh, they called me in and uh, I still remember the, the lady who was the, the, the chief sub-editor said, you're very young and, uh, you know, I, I couldn't deny I was very young. Yeah. But uh, she, uh, in the end, she said, well, we'll give, we'll give you a go. And uh, she gave me a press pass. And I can still remember the, the feeling as I held this blue press pass in my hand. It was one of the, the sweetest feelings of my life. You know, I felt, gee, you know, I, I might actually uh, get somewhere here. And uh, they also said, we'll, we'll give you $5 a week. And, uh, of course, uh, even back then, $5 was a ripoff. But really the, the joke was on them because... I would have paid them $5 a week just to get my name in print. Yeah, nice. So when did, I guess, the sort of the big break come and you started really uh, making a name for yourself in rugby league specifically? Well, after about a season of that, I uh, I sent a letter off to, to Jeff Printer, the legendary old um, editor of, of Rugby League Week, the, the founding editor, and uh, he invited me in to have a chat and... Uh, I started there on a part-time basis, but we were probably talking 1980 now. Uh, did a couple of years part-time, uh, then went there full-time for about three years. And from there, um, I got a call one day from Peter Fralingos, the, the legendary uh, rugby league writer at the Mirror, saying there was a vacancy there. Uh, would I be interested? Uh, I came and interviewed and uh, they gave me the job. Uh, I, I did 20 years at News Limited, uh, which was you know, some great times, some, some great trips away. Um, the, the Mirror, of course, died, became the Daily Telegraph. And uh, after getting 20 years there, I felt I, I needed a bit of a change and uh, ended up back at Rugby League Week and uh, did probably another 15 years there. Then, of course, five years ago, Rugby League Week died. Uh, magazines around the world are dying and it was just a matter of time. So... Uh, uh, sadly, League, League Week went the, day, the way of the dinosaur. Uh, I was unemployed for a few months and uh, then I got a call from Channel 9 asking them, asking me if I'd be interested in uh, working for Wide World of Sports, uh, the website, and uh, here we are. Yeah, well, you're most famous for your current role as the mole. Um, how did that name come about? Because we don't really see gimmicks or, you know, sort of names um, for journalists in the, in the rugby league world, at least. So how did that come about? Yeah, the, the mole was originally a, a column that started in Rugby League Week. Uh, and, of course, um, once uh, once the world went digital and uh, Twitter uh, became a thing, I thought, uh, let's put the mole on here and, and just, uh, just see how it goes. And I've got to thank... Uh, Steve Mascord, a, a very well-known journo who's always at the cutting edge of things. He, he was actually the guy who suggested it to me and, and set up my account. And uh, 
I started breaking the odd story there because, of course, Rugby League Week only came out every week and, uh, you know, there, there's a long time between Thursday to the next Thursday and so many stories I would get that I, I couldn't run. And uh, so Twitter became the, the perfect place to put them and my following grew. And, uh, you know, I was very surprised and humbled when, you know, I got, I got to 100 followers. Uh, now I'm up to 145,000, uh, which is more than, uh, you know, any, any other uh, player in the game, more than any journal in the game. It's more than most clubs in the game. So, I'm, uh, I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm very humbled and, you know, it's, it's a fair bit of work and there, there's plenty of dickheads out there, but there's also a, a lot of very nice people who give you some good feedback. Well, that's great to hear. I'm interested to know, though, so you went from writing for Rugby League Week, a rugby league magazine, to Nine's Wide World of Sports. Obviously, they are a TV network, a website. You know, they're really involved in the game. What's the biggest difference uh, between Rugby League Week and Nine's World of Sports or some changes? Oh, I think just just the fact that uh, it's uh, a digital platform as opposed to a magazine. As I said, it, it used to drive me crazy. Um, you know, League Week would come out every Thursday, so I'd get a story on, say, you know, uh, Tuesday, and the, the deadline for League Week was actually Monday, which, again, made it very hard because a lot of things can happen between Monday and a Thursday. You know, I could write that a, a player was about to sign somewhere and uh, uh, between Monday and Thursday there'd be a backflip. That happened occasionally, fortunately not very often. Uh, And then if I got a story on a Tuesday, I'd have to wait till the next Monday to write it. So uh, it it was very frustrating, whereas uh, with Wide World of Sports, uh, I get a story and uh, most times it's it's up online within the hour and uh, hopefully uh, I, I beat the Telegraph. Uh, the Herald uh, and whoever else to it, uh, you know. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. But there's a, a you know, that that real uh, adrenaline rush that you get uh, as you're chasing a big story and and hopefully uh, beating the opposition to to getting it out there. Well, as someone who runs a rugby league uh, page myself, what I've noticed, and I've you know researched people like yourself a lot of the time, uh, when uh, Fox, for example, or someone. Uh, does post an article reporting some news, they use you as the source or Nine's Wild World of Sports. So yeah, it seems like you are beating uh, plenty of people to the punch. One thing I'm interested in is obviously being a rugby league journalist, um, you, you have your, your haters and your lovers and it's a very divisive sort of uh, industry. I guess to the people who have a negative uh, perspective of, rugby league's journalism industry, what would you have to say to those people? Well, I think there's a lot of hypocrites out there, Oliver. Like, you know, the people say, uh, you know, we, we want good news stories, you know. Why don't you ever write a good news story? Well, I've, I've, I've plenty of times will post a picture of a, a player doing, say, a hospital visit, a player giving his jersey to a kid, and I'll get 10, 20 likes. Uh, uh, then you get the situation where we had recently with... Uh, this bulldog's love triangle, and before I can even write anything, I'm inundated. I, I get 20, 20 people, uh, and that becomes fifty people, and that becomes a hundred people saying to me, "Who is it? Who is it? You know, who's the player involved?" So, you know, I, I, I think people like to think they they want good news, but 
they want to they want to know the the dirt, the the scandal, the behind the scenes gossip. And uh, you know, if, if they say they don't, uh, in a lot of circumstances, uh, I can tell you they're lying. Well, it's sort of a case of okay, people do want good rugby league stories, and it, it, it's an obvious positive. But you know, you don't really want to have too much good too much bad you sort of want to be able to report on the truth what you're hearing what you're hearing is true and you know getting actual facts out there or stuff that to your knowledge is the truth you know it's 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 a tough one because you you really can't please everyone Uh, as someone who's only an aspiring journalist and currently I mean I'm only 20 years old so I've still got a, a while to go um, but yeah, from what I've learned, it, it, it sort of, it sucks the fact that you can't please everyone, but you, you just sort of got to be focused on telling the truth, whether it's a, a positive or a negative. I just have one last question before you go. Um, what advice would you give aspiring journalists, uh, coming through the ranks? Well, what, what would you tell them or what would you tell a younger, uh, a younger mole, let's say, what would you tell yourself? 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I think, you know, any, anyone out there who, who wants to get into the industry, and, and I've got to be brutally honest, it, it, it's a tough time now, you know. Journalists are, uh, yeah. are, are really becoming dinosaurs. Uh, there, there, there's a lot of people out there who, who basically write blogs, write this, write that. Uh, plus, everything's so immediate these days, you know. As you said, something happens and uh, before you know it, Fox will have something out there, Channel 9 will have something out there, uh, the Telegraph will have, have something out there. So basically I think just just get yourself published either uh, online or uh, in, in the old-fashioned uh, uh, press, wherever you can get a byline, take it. So people get to know who you are. Uh, hopefully, you you know, if you can... Find a way to talk to players, which again is is much harder now than it was when I started. You've got to go through media managers who quite often make you jump through hoops just to to talk to a player, if if not uh, deny your request entirely. So basically, uh, get yourself known, e- even if you do it for nothing. Uh, and you know, maybe uh, when a job comes up, you can show them your portfolio, and uh, just maybe you'll you'll get that lucky break. Okay, well, thank you for your time today, Tony. I really appreciate it. As I said, as an aspiring journalist, to be able to talk to you and pick your brain a little bit, um, it's been amazing. Um, and thank you for your My time. My pleasure, Oliver.